What is up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth. And before we get into this week's episode, which I know you're going to enjoy, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. I have to say a big thank you shout out to the people who support this podcast on Patreon. They really do a great job of keeping the lights on and keeping the podcast up and running. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can chip in a couple of bucks each month and get early access to the podcast and uh, that kind of helps me keep it going and, and keep it up and running to cover some of the costs of running the podcast. Without those people, I could not do this. Um, so I really want to say thank you to everyone who supports on there. If you're interested in becoming a supporter, you can check that out on patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. That's patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. All right, let's get into it. Okay, welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. This week, I'm joined with a young up-and-comer, a man you will undoubtedly have seen in videos from the last few years. Um, I spoke to his brother on an earlier episode, but today we're speaking with Hayden Voorhees, a.k.a. The Slaying Mantis. Hayden, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Ah, great. It's great to have you on the podcast. Finally, actually, funnily enough, when I was talking to Alec a few weeks ago, I was saying, I was like, oh, I really want to get Hayden on here, but I kind of want to wait. I don't want to <laughs> let his head get too big. And Alec was like, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I've been but waiting, actually. I've been waiting for that I call. feel like the, the timing was right. And uh, the thing that really kind of spurred me on was I, was I was just cruising through last year's Whitewater Awards. Because, you know, this year's Whitewater Awards are coming out at, the, at this time. Yep. And, uh, and I just every video I watched, if you weren't in the top three, You'd be in the real. I was like, oh man, I, I gotta talk to Hayden. He's 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 had a really good couple of years. Um, yeah. And I wanted to talk about some of your career highlights in the last two years. But why don't we start at the start? Um, what's your name? Where you're from? Give everyone your your lowdown for those people who live under a rock. Uh, so Hayden Voorhees. I'm from Meridian, Idaho. 21 years old. Uh, I started kayaking when I was six. Both my parents. Uh, taught me and my brothers how to kayak and kind of just went from there went on the freestyle route for a long time and then once I started getting stronger and a little bit bigger and started fitting in the creek boats then I uh, kind of started working my way up the north fork and kind of learned a lot of my skills through big water and then just started traveling around started liking waterfalls and kind of just doing it all now yeah i think that's a very um humble uh description of your paddling career so far but uh respect um a little anecdotal story for people who don't know you and especially just come back to something you just said about getting bigger when i first met you would have been uh 2015 worlds at garb here yeah. on the ottawa river and you were um Everyone knew you was like Alex, Alex's younger brother, right? But it was very frustrating to be behind you in the lineup because you were a pretty small kid, but in a medium-sized boat. So you just never, ever flushed off the wave. And it didn't yeah. matter how many times you'd land on your face. Your boat had so much extra volume, you'd just like roll back up and still be on the wave. And so everyone yeah. else is having like minute rides or like minute 10 rides and you're in there like four minute rides you know, and like a minute of that might have been like face surf time and you're still oh, in yeah. there. Everybody else is upside down and they're like immediately off the wave. And, uh, you know, you were obviously a lot smaller then, but it was a very frustrating time to be behind you in the lineup. Yeah, I apologize for that. I wish that's how it went in the competition, though. I 
some reason I could stay in the wave no matter what before. And then during the competition, I just like didn't make it past semis because I kept flushing. But some sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. <laughs> That's just the way the way she blows, you know. Yep. All right, let's exactly. talk about. Um, I, I have people who listen to this podcast will have heard Alec. Um, can I talk about growing up in Idaho and, um, you know, his parents taking taking turns parenting and and going kayaking. And uh, what was it like growing up like in Alec's shadow, uh, both literally because he's a lot taller than you, and like metaphorically. Yeah, I mean, he definitely made it pretty easy for me, in a way, like, kind of, uh, you know, as he started getting better, I started watching him more, and um, kind of starting to try and, like, not necessarily copy him, because I feel like we've got pretty different paddling styles, but kind of just learning from him, and uh, starting to get invited on his trips a little bit more as I got better, and... um now starting to like branch out a little bit more and kind of do our own things, but still paddle with each other a lot and still have a lot of fun together. Yeah. Your paddling styles are de like definitely quite different. If you watch uh, like you versus him on the same, on the same. Yeah. Rabbit. Who, who do you think is like, would have been like a more influential person that you were looking at when you were kind of figuring out your style versus Alec? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd watch just kind of the best. Like, watching Dane, you can't ever, like... It's hard to copy what Dane does sometimes, but it's good to kind of study that kind of perfect paddling style in a way. And then also kind of watching Aniel, um, Nick, and kind of just, like, picking my way through who I kind of... I don't really, like necessarily copy anybody's style i don't think i'd kind of a lot of people paddle with like a more like um like kind of flowy and kind of use use the river a little bit more just because you know i grew up a smaller kid so having to use all the curlers and everything to my advantage so i i'd say that's probably where i kind of started my paddling style yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't want to make it sound like your 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 style <laughs> is directly correlated to another person because um, yeah, it's no. definitely your own thing. Um, I just was curious to see if there was if there was going to be a correlation between uh, the people who you were looking up to uh, who are like similar body types to you, especially as you were smaller. Um, and you know, Dane's a pretty small guy. As much yeah. as you know, he tries to be a big guy. Like he, he you know, he, he's a, sm a smaller build uh, human, and. It, I was just going to interested to see if there was a correlation, but yeah, yeah, no big deal. I'd probably say my body type is really similar to like EG in a way, and so yeah, yeah, you definitely got that like wiry, reachy, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. Of, there's definitely some overlaps there if you think about like how how you like ride down, riding tall. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about. I, I don't. I, yeah. sometimes i think about it a lot and then sometimes i never think about it i'm just like yeah i'm just going kayaking whatever but when i do stop and think about it it's interesting it's interesting to think about what um you know what what influences other people versus what influenced you so growing up made it pretty easy with alec right and then at some point you started to splinter off and you got what when do you think that turning point was when you kind of got out of broke out of under alec's wing 
so before I didn't really do too many like paddling trips, just being in school. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really go his route and do online school. I went to public school throughout high school. And so I didn't really get to do too much traveling before that. You know, like throughout the summer, I'd kind of try and paddle as much as possible. But then I'd probably say right after I graduated, I, I'd say I took a gap year, but I haven't actually gone back to school. So I don't know if I can call it a gap year anymore. Um, but I think that year is when I went to Unleashed in, during the high water floods and... Um, and kind of just try to pile as much as possible. I went down to Chile uh, that winter in Mexico, kind of just kind of did that, that whole thing. Yeah. A lot Um, of the, a lot of the the classic, the classic South America trips, right? Like Mexico is like, that was my, one of my first big hiking trips. Like Chile was uh, early on my list of kayaking trips. And it's, you know, they're, pretty logistically they're well well done right like well documented yeah. it's not it's not like you're breaking new ground for a lot of the time especially being young you know those are pretty good yeah, places I, I, think to... that, I think that helps when you're younger right like finding those places you can go that are yeah pretty well 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 worn paths right because it just makes that whole experience a little bit easier yeah somewhere you don't have to figure out renting a car and whatnot yeah like especially when more you're challenging. 18 years old yeah that's that's a little more challenging. And at what at what stage of that um, career progression do you think you started getting really a taste for really big waterfalls, like more than fifty feet? Uh, so actually, the first big waterfall that I had ever done was when I went to Chile for the first time when I was eighteen, or I was actually seventeen when I first got there and then turned eighteen while I was there. No. I was 18, turned 19, sorry, um, was Trey Saltos. And, and before that, I'd only run Spirit, which is like 30 feet maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trey Saltos was my first big waterfall. And I kind of like, I was definitely pushing it on kind of like just going for it. I knew that like, with a playboating background, I had the boat control and kind of was able to stay calm on some of those big waterfalls. But I went from Trey Saltos, which was my first plug, had a pretty good line on that. And then I went straight to Newin. And then right after that, I went to the kind of new waterfall, La Leona, at the bottom of the Claro. And to fill in some some like kind of stepping stone heights for people who are listening along who aren't familiar with these, you went from like fifty five feet to eighty feet to about another seventy or eighty feet. Is that right? Yep. So that's a significant significant step up, right? Yeah, not very many people. I mean, I would have liked to start a little smaller. You know, start on like a forty footer kind of learn what it was like to plug something but um but yeah that's kind of just i never really was anywhere you know with waterfalls you're kind of like if you're in the right place at the right time then you'll go do them you know so yeah and just and that never really was level, stuff being level dependent too especially for waterfalls there's like quite often really narrow windows on when you actually want to be 
running yeah. a drop because of how the landing's going to be and how how much water you want at the top and the bottom and you do not having that lead in be as maximal crazy you know yeah exactly so i i mean i would have loved to have a little bit more warm-up little step up on every waterfall but um but yeah i just kind of went for it haven't really had terrible line on anything maybe landing on my head a couple times but other than that i've been pretty fortunate with how they've all gone since then you have progressed pretty significantly right from from those like first two big drops you've run most of the like the what i would say air quotes like classic big waterfalls um that i can think of at least like the the big ones in mexico have you run tomato too did run tomato too yeah oh that one is scary like i don't think i'll ever run that one i just i can't <laughs> see it you know what i mean that is yeah. like one of the scarier ones to me and you've you've run a lot of the like northwest classics from what i understand yeah a couple there's still a lot that i haven't done yet um, and then and then in the last two years you've run some very notable ones um the the ones that spring to mind to me were having that amazing line on puma in chile which is like a hundred and I don't know how big that one is. 100 and some? Yeah, 110, 115. 110, 115. And I think, were you, were you the first person to stay in their boat after that? Uh, No, I wasn't. Um, Annual went first, and he, I think he ejected on that one. And then yeah. uh, the German guy, I forget who, he did it ridiculously high, and um, I think he swam. And then uh, EG went back. EG broke, broke his, his leg, leg, but he stayed yeah. in his boat. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because your line, yeah, I just watched again this morning for a little, little like uh, homework before this, this <laughs> chat. I was like, oh, your line was so greasy. It was so good. And yeah. was that, am I right in saying you ran it quite a bit lower than it's been run before? Uh, no, I was actually watching a lot of EG's videos and like, you know, I that was the first. I'd say tall waterfall that I'd done. Yeah. Um, and that's so not was, an easy, that's not an easy, like first tall waterfall either. It's like a kind of no. complicated lead in. There's that seam right at the top, which is like kind of sucking down and slowing you down and putting you in a place where you don't want to be necessarily right at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Super unpredictable. You know, it's one of the um, craziest ones that I've done for sure, because you like have to go in steps. Like, there's essentially three uh different features there's like one little v hole and then a seam and then the lip and you can't see the next step until you get through the one before it so you you know it's a little all tricky and a little intimidating for that but um yeah i was studying a lot what was the what was the what was the studying process you, you've talked about studying a lot what was the studying process like for that like what what does that actually mean? Imagine, imagine you're talking to someone who's never been on a, on a waterfall with a complicated three-stage lead-in before into a 110, 115-foot drop. What are you studying for? What are you, what are you looking for? Uh, so basically, I went and found all the videos of the people running it before and screen recorded them so I could just like watch them before bed. You know, I, I do this thing where like, I'll dream a lot before, like if I'm planning on doing something big or um, kind of have something in my mind, I'll dream about it. And 
I think going down to Chile, I was like kind of looking at it, but didn't haven't really seen it in person, so I wasn't gonna say that I was gonna do it. But uh, I was just I kept dreaming about running it and having like pretty decent lines every time in my dreams, and then finally the day came and I was I did it basically same level as uh, like EG and annual and yeah. I know it's the the process of dreaming dreaming yourself down the line or like visualization if you want to call it that um seems to be very different for different people and so for you are you, are you just trying to watch you literally watch those videos before you go to sleep yeah and like waking up if i wasn't doing anything i'd watch them you know i took it pretty seriously i was i was like definitely pretty nervous um but it was something that i wanted to do so i wanted to make sure that i didn't I was like looking at everything possible. I watched Evan's video so many times and even though he broke his leg, that was kind of the exact line that I wanted to go for. But mm-hmm. you know, every every waterfall every time down a waterfall is different, but that's kind of what I was aiming for. And the video the video of you running it, there's this incredible boat control component that we haven't really talked about yet um where you can see your bow rising about half or two-thirds of the way down and you just set it right back down to exactly where you want it to be and in the slow-mo video it's the most incredible moment because you you can really see this boat movement um what did that feel like like halfway down when you like you realize your bow is starting to come up yeah it was like i don't quite remember like after the waterfall like I wasn't really thinking too much about it. I just like felt my bow come up. There was like a surge that kind of just sprayed out right below my bow, like a quarter of the way down. And that just boofed me out to like 45 or maybe even more. Um, And I just like threw in a huge backstroke and stomped my bow down when I threw my paddle and got it down to vertical. But uh, I definitely thought that I boofed it when I, um, when I landed, I like I had some friends at the on a ledge below, and they pulled me out of the uh, kind of eddy on the right. And I was like, I think I boofed it. And he's like, Yeah, you did, but he couldn't he couldn't see much because of the mist and how much I got it down. But uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. The GoPro is pretty pretty good. Yeah, I can't I can't even imagine the the self talk on that because I have. I've made some mistakes in the past and I've like landed you know, more flat than I'd like to off some taller drops than I'd have liked to have landed. And I've 45, uh, a couple of bigger drops that I would have liked to have been putting it down on. And I can remember vividly that feeling of like, just, just pulling on that stroke at the top, just a teensy bit too hard and being like, Oh, I can like, I, if I really that. think back to it. I can think on that feeling of like, Oh no. And, uh, it's the same like oh no feeling I know when I'm like just when I'm about to get injured it's like oh no yeah yeah, yeah I, haven't, uh, I haven't landed flat off too many waterfalls I've definitely kind of leaned more on the going over the bars you know I like land on my head pretty good off tomato one yeah I don't I don't recommend uh flat from high up but I yeah luck, luckily I have survived the the ones I have done yeah and then most recently um 
the one I want to talk about is the your whole, most recent Hawaii trip. Yeah. And you notched up a, a second descent right after Dane. Yeah, I did a couple of second descents over there. Let's let's talk about them. Break them down. What did you do? What happened? Uh, how big were they? What was the conditions? What rivers were they on? Um, tell me. Yeah, so uh, it was a super last-minute trip going to Hawaii. Like, I think Dane has been planning on going for a while, uh, ever since he was in Zambezi, and then uh, some people bailed on it, and he like called me and Alec probably... 10 days before he was going and asked if we wanted to go looked at tickets and they're still still pretty cheap reasonable and so we booked up that night um and we just like kept seeing the forecast and it was just like rain the whole time we were going to be there which we were stoked about we didn't really know how much rain it would take to like bring everything in but we got there perfect levels on the wailuku river uh, which is basically um, basically one of the, just the main river that you do there. Um, but yeah, it was perfect levels. We got a couple few days of kind of just joy laps and then the rain started coming in, bringing river levels up. Uh, the first big waterfall that we did, that was the first descent was Pepe. And we measured it at about 69 feet. That is tall. Um, yeah. No, it was, and we did a little low, but uh, it was one of the waterfalls that you actually portage around every time you run the river. And so the first time I like portage around, you come around this island, you look back up, and there's just this huge, like beautiful waterfall. And I was like, why don't we go do that? And, and just like said that nobody's ever done it before. He was going to do it a year before or the last trip that he came down um but yeah, it was like one of the ones that he obviously wanted to do ever since he got there the first time uh and yeah, did you we, go uh, through did you go through a pretty extensive like depth checking process for that one like uh or had dane done a lot of the, the legwork on that for you yeah i think we paddled up to it i'm pretty sure and it was pretty obvious that it was going to be pretty deep but i I think that Dane's actually like swam below it before and uh and kind of done all that probing to make sure it's deep. But um yeah, we got a little bit of rain one night, got a little too high for the river, and then the next day we kinda just went for it and we were kind of pushing it on the low side of that drop, but in a way like it was pretty good flows because you have to run the rest of the river after you do it. Yeah. So, so you kind of, you want to be, you want enough, enough. So it's not scary to paddle out. Yeah. Enough, enough water that there's a good boil below the waterfall and then not too much water for the, uh, for the rest of the run, which is pretty scary at that flow. Yeah, I, I believe it. Like, you're not. Uh, do you want to describe that Wailuku River run for people who haven't been to Hawaii or haven't been following the the Wailuku videos? Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've been saying that it's kind of like big banana section on steroids. Uh, it's 
Just very pool drop, lava rock. Um, just gorged in. And just, like, pretty perfect when it comes to, like, size of everything and being able to do everything on that river. So we're thinking, like, pool drop, waterfalls, varying sizes, some longer rapids, stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. But you're, but you're like you were saying, you're, you're kind of penned in there once you, once you commit, you're committed. Yeah, there's a, basically the one that we were really worried about was this one called Raptor, which is a 50-footer with kind of like a sliding entrance. And at lower flows, you can walk it, you have to, uh, you actually like put a spray skirt on the boat and send the boat off by itself because you have to traverse around this wall and then uh, jump off into the waterfall you're gonna walk around it but when it's high then there isn't like a little micro eddy to get out in so uh so once we went in there we were committed to running that one at a pretty high level and Probably. is that the same waterfall that caleb grady posted a video of a couple of years ago where he's like eddies he's like stuck in this eddy between a hole and a drop for like 10 minutes uh no that's actually a different one Oof, okay. Yeah. That one that one's on the uh Honali stream. Which... Okay. Sorry, sorry, I cut across you. We're still talking about Wailuku. You penned in. Um was there anything else that's of, of concern? Obviously you penned in the whole time. Yeah, just some just some big holes at the um there is one hole that I actually got stuck in that I got pretty lucky I got out of on that run, but um but yeah just like kind of that one was the main main concern and then after that it was kind of just okay let's make it through these holes and then we got out uh halfway down the river just because we didn't want to go down the lower section when it was high we did that the day before and we and were is that sim- sim- similar situation of scary pendinness uh yeah Good times, and then you had yeah. one other, um, one of the big drop right behind Dane uh, on that trip, Walkers Walkers Thirk. Yeah, uh, I can't actually say too much about it, but ooh, now, uh, why not? Uh, just kind kind of like had a bad news interview, um, and kind of brought some attention to the park rangers, and but. But okay, yeah, well without wait. without dis- without describing names and places, walk us through what happened. I mean, it's already out there, but uh Rainbow Falls got a close to that triple digit mark. Um nobody had ever done the right line before. Takes quite a bit of rain for that one. Um Dane had obviously done the middle line before after a couple other people. Uh, but the the right line suite is kind of just the perfect rolling uh, hundred footer. Um, yeah, that one, that one was really cool. Yeah, Took the video the, of it looks it looks insane. Yeah, no, it, that one was super fun. It was like just enough of an entrance to like make it a little interesting, but nothing to really mess you up before. Um, and then probably took the 
most savage hit I've ever taken off a waterfall. <laughs> At the bottom, I went. That, uh, could could you describe what that felt like for people who have never taken a big a big waterfall hit? Uh, the way that I explain it to people is probably uh, like taking a hit, like getting tackled in football. Okay. You know, you've you've got your pads and everything, so it doesn't hurt too bad. But every every time you get hit, you're more likely to take a bigger hit. Yeah, I describe it like being in a small car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And you just after that, you just feel pretty wrecked, eh? Just like pretty bad on your neck and back, and everything sucks. Yeah. Yeah. wasn't I wasn't too sore after that. My back was pretty sore. Um, I just like went incredibly deep and uh, nearly ripped my helmet off and kind of stuff like that. But, but yeah, that one was really fun. That was, we got pretty lucky that we were able to do that one. And then you got in a bit of trouble afterwards about it. Yeah. Kind of. That sucks. Um, yeah. Kind of a unfortunate ending to the trip, but the way it goes sometimes but did, did, did you end up uh with uh the same as dana nick had having to do community service teaching roles at the bottom of the waterfall uh we actually no nothing's happened yet which is okay, why great. i can't really talk too much about it but times yeah but we'll, well fingers, we'll know more. fingers crossed for you if we have to uh you know i'll come back and edit this video and we'll set up a only uh a uh, gofundme for uh you know for your for your needs yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed it won't come to that though hopefully we won't need that yeah but yeah and, we'll, um, we'll get all figured out and then the thing i really wanted to talk to you about was the boat that you have paddled for these larger drops lately um it seems like zen 3 is a really good fit for you yeah no i love What's, that boat. Uh, it's I, I don't feel that way. Like, I didn't dislike that boat when I had one, but it just didn't, like, click for me. Like, Nirvana is just like, oh, yes, this is exactly what I want. And I paddled Zen 3, and I was like, it's fine, but I don't love it. Like, what do you uh -huh. think it is about your style or size that it makes it a better boat for you? Um, so the first time I paddled it was actually, I picked it up from the factory and took it to Chile for four months. And so I kind of forced myself to learn how to paddle it well. And um, yeah, that that's kind of the only boat that I paddle now. I go back to the Nirvana and kind of just go back to my Zen. Um, it's really good for, like, it's surprisingly fast for how short it is. Just having a pretty um, flat rocker profile but still enough rocker that you can sweep your bow up onto anything um and what and what are your um characteristics like what's your height weight inseam so i'm about six feet 145 150 pounds um i don't know what my inseam is but but yeah uh, i feel like it fits me pretty well it does everything that I want it to do, and it's just something that I'm comfortable in. Yeah, it's in incredible. Actually, that was a theme I was really noticing when I was doing my video homework was just how well that boat seems to work for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I paddle on anything. 
Yeah, I I liked it. I just didn't love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's hard, not, it's hard no, to describe no. sometimes, but I think sometimes you just you, you paddle a new boat and you're like, ah, I just this this isn't exactly what I want. And when I switched from Zen two to Nirvana, it was like, oh, this is exactly what I want. Yeah. But that's yeah. okay, you know. That's why they make different boats in different sizes. Yep. And so what's what's next for you, Hayden? That was kind of the th- those are the, the big highlights I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Do you think I missed anything critical? Do you think? Um, mm-hmm. No, I mean, right now we're, I don't have too much planned for this year. It's a little harder to plan uh, kind of with COVID and everything. And then also um, picking up the North Fork Championships. It's, and I, sp- I spoke with Alec about that when I spoke to him. But uh, what's your what's your function in the, the Voorhees family uh, work breakdown of running North Fork Championships? Yeah, right now I haven't done lot with it but uh like my mom has been kind of crushing a lot of the website and she's really good with that kind of stuff um kind of organizing it in that way but yeah we're just uh we're really excited and i think i i i believe i'm correct in saying dates are currently fixed for north fork this year yep could you tell people what they are june 17th to the 19th i believe and is it possible that people can sign up to race in that right now? Yes, registration is open for the elite race, which is or for the Jake's race. Um, I, I think that it ends April fifteenth, and then hold on one second, let me make sure I don't get any of these wrong. Yeah, so basically we're going to go back to the original format, which is the top ten racers from the previous year are pre-qualified and then they will vote for the next 10 uh racers and then with the qualifier race the top 10 from that will be uh will be qualified for the finals and then for women the previous champion and then the top five from the qualifier or top four and uh, people can sign up online right now? Yep. You can find everything on the, um, I don't know if the website's quite up yet, but um, everything's people, on Instagram and Facebook. You can go find that. All they can just search uh, North Fork Championships and they'll, they'll come right up. Yep. Oh, exciting. It's exciting to think about, uh, you know, events coming back to kayaking again and, things like you know the, the big the big ones starting to starting to just edge back in and come, come back around and uh i think everyone especially people like me who are like mostly on the spectator end of north fork because of when it is and where it is and uh especially traveling right now are happy that you know stuff's coming back that we'll be able to see some you know live live kayaking some uh you know high, high level events coming back i think that's very very exciting yeah no, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's it's going to be good. Hayden, yeah. um, I don't really have anything else to talk about. I'm very excited uh, for North Fork. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to speak with you further? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, in Voorhees Kayak, and that's kind of kind of the main platform for me right now. 
get some. Well, I'm excited to keep seeing you shredding, and I think everyone else is excited uh, to see that too and to see some North Fork action uh, from you and uh, maybe one day even your, your other brother, your younger brother. Yeah, he's pushing it. He's uh, he's starting to um, starting to paddle a lot more and more. We we shall we shall see. But that's very very exciting things coming from the Voorhees. And I'm very happy to have had you on the show. And hopefully we'll, you can have have you on again anytime. Yeah, thank you so much, Seth. All right, this has been questions you never thought to ask. The Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. See you next time. Peace. See you.